beautiful friends. Welcome to the Arise to Life podcast, where we share real and raw conversations about our sometimes crazy, but always beautiful kind of lives. I'm Madison. Hey, it's Jill. It's me, Sarah. And hey, it's Ashlyn. And we are so excited that you're joining us today. Our desire is to encourage every girl in every season to arise to the abundant life that is waiting for her. Whether you're wrestling your toddlers or having a cup of coffee, we're here to come alongside of you and share the ups and downs of our faith, friendship, and everything in between. Welcome to episode five. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about seasons. And um, Genesis 8.22 says, As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. And I think that's also true for the seasons of our life. You know, we're going to have hard seasons and easier seasons. And, you know, you can expect that if you're not in a hard season, you're either coming out of one or going into one. And so those are things that we have to be prepared for. Um, And so we're going to talk a lot about that. But first... I want to know, each of you guys, what is your favorite season? Mine is fall. Fall? Yeah. Yeah, Tell us why. Why is fall your favorite? I just love, which we talked about, about the bonfires, like the cult. Like, it's chilly, but you can go outside, hoodie, jeans, like it's cozy, everything. basic pumpkin spice I I am. I mean, I can do a pumpkin spice latte. I'll take one. But I like, like, I hate being really hot. So I like doing the adventurous things in... Fall. Yeah. yeah. And fall. Yeah. So. I like spring. I think that's probably my favorite because it's like everything's been dead. So you get to see the trees come back to life. The days start getting longer and the excitement of getting outside and, you know, just doing fun activities just starts coming in. And you're like, oh, it's been cold and dark and miserable forever. I'm ready for some spring. I am also fall. For a lot of the same reasons that Madison said, I'm also like an outdoor enthusiast. So all things outside when I'm not sweating like crazy is really enjoyable to me. I love to hunt. And so that's when hunting starts. And I love a good crock pot soup. And so if I can put one on and let it simmer all day and I know that dinner's going to be ready when it's ready, that just makes me happy. So I'm not a big pumpkin spice coffee type person. That's not one of my... I like... Oh, I like... um, what's it called like fall festivals and Mm -hmm. pumpkin Pumpkin patches yeah that's a big one for me so that's why I like fall yeah I mean I'm really struggling with this question even though it's my own question but (laughs) you know I just I really love just coming into a new season and just the excitement you know every season I feel like brings something fun and exciting you know you're in summer and you're sick of being hot and so now you're about to get fall and then you're gonna get ready answer you have to pick one I know okay (laughs) (laughs) Um, I used to would have said summer, but soon you'll know why I don't pick that anymore. I think fall would probably be my favorite, too. So, Arise the Life Loves Fall, and Sarah's booted. I'm obviously (laughs) the coolest one. Oh. (laughs) So different all the time. People people expect that kind of answer from you these days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, my answer was... um, I had a hard time picking, and I said I used to would have said summer, and there was a point in time when... I, I'll be honest, I hate being cold. I hate winter. Like, well, I'll say I hate winter. There are things I like about it, but I mostly hate it. And every winter, I would be like, Adam, we have got to move. We can't live here anymore. I'm so miserable. And I, I struggle, honestly, with seasonal depression. Um, and so I, you know, I'll do things to counteract that, but I struggle throughout the winter. And so at one point, you know, I got so sick of it that we're like, we're moving to Florida. 
And so we packed everything. We packed only what we could fit in our minivan. And we moved to Florida, sold it and got rid of everything else. And um, we lived there for about a year and a half. Um, And one time it was about Christmas um, and it was Christmas Eve and we were grilling by the pool. And we all just looked at each other and we're like, this isn't right. This isn't how Christmas is supposed to be. And, you know, I realized like from living there and missing the seasons, how much I loved the season and how much I loved anticipating, you know, the next season and stuff. And so we're going to reflect a little bit today on how every single season that we have brings some beauty, but also brings difficulty. And so, you know, let's just reflect a little bit, you know, spring, what good things come in spring? Longer days. Yes. Flowers. Yes. Things come to life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also think of, you know, the temperatures are getting warmer and, you know, turkeys are gobbling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know what, what is negative about spring? It rains all the time. All the time. So you can't, yeah, you've been, you've been all winter looking forward to the warmer weather and then you get a day of 70 degrees and it rains and Mm -hmm. you can't go outside and it's frustrating. It brings these great new life, but also rain so you can't enjoy it. And then, you know, I think of, spring and what's the purpose of spring what do we do in spring we put out our garden right Mm -hmm. we're planting seeds and we're we're working and cultivating the ground and stuff and then summer what's the good stuff about summer get to swim yeah play outside no school no school school. yeah yeah but what's bad about summer hot (laughs) it was hot this summer too yeah Yeah. and drought we had a pretty pretty big drought this year you know so we got stuff in the ground but it's not raining so how's it going to grow you know but the purpose of summer is that things are going to grow Mm -hmm. like you know during the summer is when our gardens are growing and we're starting to produce um tomatoes and all the things and then fall football we we have a lot of good things about fall kansas city chiefs the leaves right yeah 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 Sweaters, sweater weather. Yes. Mm. Temperature. I think temperature's perfect. And I'm a basic white girl, so yeah. definitely the pumpkin spice yeah. lattes. Yeah. Have those come out yet? Yeah, I, I got oh, this today. Week. Adam, oh, if you're my. listening, I got an iced one today. Did you? Yeah, was it good? It was amazing. Okay, if anybody wants to bring me a pumpkin spice latte, my address is. No, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> um. Also, the leaves fall, right? Mm-hmm. So it, eventually, it starts looking pretty bare, and you know it's not so beautiful anymore. Um, but the purpose of it is harvest. Yeah. You know, that's when we're gathering all the things and getting our harvest. And then winter. I don't, it's hard to find a good thing about winter if Christmas. you're asking me. I know, that's it. Christmas. Yeah. Christmas. Decorating for Christmas. Yeah. And snow days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, even though I like longer days, it's nice to have a short season of where it gets dark sooner, where it like... You cozy up, it with, cozy the family, up with the family yeah. and you do things yeah. that you don't do in the summer because you want to be outside and do those things. And so it allows us to enjoy different things. And yeah. And I, yeah. I do enjoy the first snow day for like a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> we go and play in the snow and build a snowman and sled. And then I'm like, okay, please melt. <laughs> um, but obviously, you know, like the bad is, you know, you get a lot of ice and yeah. you're snowed in and you can't go any, you know, people get um, a little seasonal depression and things like that. Um, the days are short, and the purpose of winter is generally rest. You know, it's where we rest up and get ready for the seasons that are coming. 
Yeah. And you guys who take your kids outside, that doesn't allow me to rest because I'm like, okay, get up, we'll go outside. <laughs> I think it's I a lot of work you. to buy. I think I texted you and was like, stop taking your kids outside. Because <laughs> I'm feeling bad like about it. I like to do all the things. I love <laughs> snow. I don't snow. know. Sarah, comparison is the thief. Yeah, I know. Stop posting it. <laughs> right? Stop, hey, stop bring your pictures. boys to my boys and oh, I'll take them all outside. Perfect idea. Okay. I'll just drop them off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. But just like the cyclical seasons of life, you know, we experience seasons in our own life. And we just want to reflect on the idea that we know that there are people out there who are going through really, really hard and difficult seasons right now. And it's really difficult when you're going through a season like that to see the good. And so just like summer, winter, fall, spring, just like they have something good and something bad, we're confident that if you really look, you might be able to see a blessing in the season that you're going through. And so, like, we're just going to kind of go through and talk a little bit about our season of life. And then I want to know, like, what's a blessing that you can see? Even if the season you're in is hard, like, what is your greatest, like, maybe even your hardest difficulty in this season and your greatest blessing? One thing I want to say, too, before we go into that question is um, when you're going through a hard season, we kind of talked about this on the way up here, Jill, but um, where you place your joy determines whether or not you're going to find the blessing, I think, in the season. And so if my joy is placed in the circumstances around me when I'm in those hard seasons of life, it's going to be really hard for me to be joyful or happy or to even look for the blessings in that season. But if my joy and my focus is placed on the Lord who never changes, even through the changing seasons of that are hard and difficult, I'll still have the joy of the Lord as my strength. And yeah. that's what will allow me to get through those hard seasons because we're going to go through those hard seasons. Yeah. And if we put it in worldly changing things, our joy, then it our joy is going to be changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that when you're tough, when you started and you were talking about the seasons and how all the things we love about them, and I'm like, really, if we would stop and look at the seasons we're in, like you said, we could approach them with joy. Yeah. We could approach them differently because yeah. it's all about approach, and a lot of times it's just about sitting back. So my season is, you know, um, we're in school now, and we're also here living at camp, and so we're busy all the time, so I'm trying to balance school and then work and then I don't want my kids to resent ministry someday so that's kind of the hard season I'm in is how do I balance so Michael and I have like set boundaries now when we come home every day we just tell the boys to leave the room and we sit we take five minutes just to talk about our day that they don't need to hear you know and then um we then we spend the evening with them but just going and trying to balance everything I think is my I'm like in a balancing act right now yeah. uh, my current season I think um, it's just a really busy season for me. There's just a lot of new things that have been added to my plate, which I love. It's just learning to balance those accordingly. And then along with both boys being at school, Jack's half day, Cam full day, um, making trips to pick them up at different times and drop them off and spend and like, I sometimes I feel guilty when they're gone at school all day when they get home. Like I just want to spend time with them because somebody else is spending a lot of time with them and I'm not getting to spend as much time. And so wanting to, um, that's, that's a hard part about the season I'm in now is somebody else is spending a lot more time with my kid than I am during the day. And that's hard for me because I like to know what they're learning, what, what they're hearing, what they're seeing. Like I've been pretty protective about that as they were kids, kids, as they were little, little. And so, um, now that they're kind of out there, I have to trust that I've done a good enough job to kind of equip them for where they're at now and just pray that the Lord's going to protect their ears and their eyes and all the things for what they're getting poured into their life. And and so that's a hard part about the season that I'm in um, now. But just learning to trust, Mm. um, you know, God, 
he, if we trust and know that he always wants what's best for us, then um, it should help kind of whatever season, I guess, that I'm in. And just as long as I trust that God has our best interests in mind, it helps me get through. Mine can be pretty similar to Sarah's, but kind of taking it in, on a different route is, like I put down communication with my husband. So we're also in ministry, and we've been really careful about trying for our girls not to resent the ministry. But um, what we've noticed and what we're starting to talk about is that um, our communication between me and JD is lacking because we we feel so busy doing um, ministry. You know, we're doing good things, but then when it comes down to it, you know, maybe some nights we get home, and we're finally just so tired, like we just want to go to bed. And then it starts, you know, learning how to communicate in a new way again, because we had it down pretty good before. And then in this new season of life, we're doing different things. And like for me, I'm homeschooling Eden. So I get to be with him during the day. And that's hard for him because then he he's here at camp, but he doesn't get to um, spend as much time with them as he would like. And then... Um, just us talking about the different things that are going on um, in our lives with our girls, with our family, just here at camp. Um, so yeah, just learning how to communicate again. Yeah, that's good. that's good. So the season of life I'm in just really changed a lot in the last couple of weeks. And so I was in a season of waiting for a long time. God gave me this vision of what, you know, he was calling me to do. And I was just, he was developing me and growing me and doing a lot of things that needed to be done. But I kept being like, okay, so like the whole time just stressed about, okay, what's my first step? What's my first step? When in reality, my first step was to just be there, you know, and, and allow him to do the things that he needed to do. Um, and now, you know, it just switched into this go mode. And so I'm kind of diving into, I'm working on writing a book, which is really scary to say on a podcast. Um, but you know, if I don't say it, like I'm not gonna be held accountable. So I'm working on writing a book and I'm working on launching a website and doing a lot of things that quite frankly are really scary. And so it's a season of a little bit of overwhelm, a season that I'm doing things that I can't do on my own. Um, And so I'm just constantly having to rely on God and ask him, okay, what am I supposed to do today? Because I've never written a book before. And um, honestly, I was telling Ashlyn on the way up here, you know, I, in, in school, my least favorite assignment was writing an essay. It's not my favorite thing to do. And so I'm a little overwhelmed and, and don't really know where to go, but I'm trusting that God is going to show me. And so, you know, honestly, the biggest struggle in this season is having to constantly rely on God. It's hard, you know, to having to have to always rely on him and not really know what your next step is. But honestly, like, it's also my greatest blessing mm-hmm. uh, because I know I'm not in this alone and I don't have to do it alone and he's with me. And so everything that I don't know how to do, he's going to help me and he's going to show me. And so greatest blessing and biggest struggle at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. But so I know some of you might be listening and saying, oh, we're talking about sending kids to school, but I'm struggling with grief or depression or anxiety or a host of other extremely difficult seasons and you just can't relate. And so, you know, for a minute, we're each, we, I just want each of us to reflect on our hardest season because we might not be walking through our hardest season right now, but we've all been through hard seasons. We can kind of look back and see the way that God was working in our season 
Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8 says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to grow to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Um, and so we're going to share a little bit about you know, the hope that maybe we didn't see in the moment, but now we can look back and see in our hardest season. So who wants to go first? So I had Isla in November of 2020. I was student teaching. Eden was, when Isla was born, Eden was, um, well, they were 21 months apart. So, um, so I had a toddler. I was student teaching to finish my degree. Um, I could feel myself in my pregnancy starting to get prepartum anxiety. So I had that and then I had a C-section with both girls but after Isla's two weeks later I'm walking like on the graduation stage and um, in the middle of all this it felt like my marriage was crumbling. And um, so I have that going on and then I start getting I can feel myself, it's not anxiety anymore, and now it's uh, postpartum depression, so I'm dealing with all this. Um, then the guilt of that and not being a good mom, not being a good wife, because I'm dealing with all this. And then a few months later, then I'm still dealing with this, and, and JD comes home, and he tells me that he, he went to post that night, and they had a worship night. And he comes home and he's like, I, I need to tell you this. And he had been telling me that he was watching pornography while, right after I had Isla. So um, just the crippling of being at my worst emotionally because of postpartum depression and physically because I just had two C-sections in two years. It was a lot to take in. But after he told me that, it wasn't a... Like, it was God's plan for the timing. Because right after that, like, three days, four days later, we had I Still Do, which is a marriage conference. So within that week, you know, he told me on Monday. And then I got to work through some feelings. And then by, like, Thursday, I don't know how it happened that fast. But by Thursday, I had forgiven him. And then by the time we go to this marriage conference, it's like we are literally on a honeymoon. And doing things that honeymooners do and all these things. And, um, that ain't no joke. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to go into that. Okay. But so that was my hardest season. But coming out of that, knowing how to talk to people who have dealt with that and realizing that my identity was in my husband and it wasn't how I looked, how my body looked. And it was in my kids, how good of a mom I was being. After all that happened, getting to finally have this breakthrough and have this freedom of my identity isn't in all these things. It's in who my Heavenly Father is. And whenever you, I tell people all the time, there's, you can believe things in your head, but there's a difference between knowing them in your head and believing them in your heart. And once you finally believe it in your heart, it's this freedom that you have. 
And I don't know how to tell you, honestly, I don't know one thing to tell you that can get you like to that point of, oh, I believe it in my heart now, but just seeking after God and just asking him to show me, you know, show me that I am loved by you. I know you say it, but show me how I, that I am. And, um, once I finally got that, it, it was, it was complete freedom and getting to walk in that freedom. So that's good. That's good. Okay. So my hardest season, I've honestly walked through a lot of difficult seasons. I've had a, a lot of loss in my life. I've had a lot of struggles in my marriage, but my most difficult season was right after I surrendered my heart back to the Lord. I was just real excited for all the things that were like, okay, I'm finally, you know, I'm going to do this right. And my marriage is back together and things are going to be good. And, you know, it wasn't. <laughs> it was really, um, really difficult after that. And so I had um, gotten pregnant right after I surrendered my heart back to the Lord. I got pregnant. And um, about eight weeks into my pregnancy, we found out that my mom had cancer. And at 10 weeks into my pregnancy, we found out that the cancer was terminal um, and that she had three to six months to live. And obviously that was difficult. And so we're in Florida at the time and my mom is living in Missouri. And we had to make some really hard decisions about, I mean, if my mom only has three to six months left, do I just want to, do we want to stay in Florida and I can, you know, go back and, and just live there for three to six months while Adam's, you know, and what, what, what do we want to do? What does this look like for my family? Because I knew from that moment, I wanted every minute I had with her. And so we made the decision that we were going to move back to Missouri. The whole family was moving back and we were going to um, just, you know, uproot and go there. And so about a week after we made that decision and put in our notice and all the things, I started miscarrying. Um, and so obviously this is a really bad time to miscarry because we're in the middle of packing our house and, you know, it's just, everything's a mess at this point. And I just remember being on the couch and just crying out to God and just being like, I don't know where to go from here, but I know that I need your help. And I just started worshiping. And I remember literally feeling his arms wrap around me on that couch. And I could feel his presence so strongly. He just equipped me um, and empowered me to get up and do the things that I had to do. Um, we, When we were driving cross country, I was still, still, still healing from the miscarriage, still bleeding, all of the things. And then once we got to Missouri, we thought we had three to six months left and my mom passed away within six weeks. And so at that point, it felt like, wow, <laughs> like if I had known that, I probably wouldn't have moved. I probably would have just flown down and, and visited because honestly, it felt like most of the time that I had with her, I was spending unpacking my house and all the things, but I did get to be there to um, give her the hospice care and to help her pass away, um, which was also really difficult. But as I look back, I know like God was growing roots of love in my heart that could have not gotten there any other way. He was doing something in me that there's nothing else that could have accomplished that in my heart. I felt a closeness to him that is indescribable. I felt his comfort in a way that I, I can't really put into words, but I know that after feeling that comfort that he gave and after um, feeling his presence in the way that I felt it, 
it helps me as other people, like if someone struggles with their mom or dad being on hospice or going through a miscarriage or whatever the thing is, you know, I know how to pray for them. I know how to comfort them. I know how to come alongside them. And I know there's nothing that I can really say, but I know how to pray for God to bring them what he gave me in those moments. And so he was producing roots that are so strong in my heart. And I'm forever grateful that he did that for me in that time that I needed him. That's so good. Sorry, you want me to go after this? <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> we could end right was, here. Yeah, we could just... <laughs> See you later. Um, no, it was really good. And I cried because it was good. Um, no, I would think mine would be coming off of drugs and coming into the season of just being the most broken I've ever been in my life. I was so confused. I hated myself. I hated everything about every decision I had ever made in my life. Um, I would literally look at my mom and she would just cry, but then she was so excited that I was finally back and I felt like I didn't belong in my own home because um, as far as I was concerned, I was just a junkie, you know, and I was trying to get clean and I would never make it because that's what the enemy and the world, I remember going to counselors and Um, probation officers that would literally tell me you probably won't make it but if the chance that you do here we're going to do this or here you're going to go see this person and I just remember thinking that I I remember knowing that I had so much more to give but I just couldn't I didn't think I could ever climb out of that place you know and I was just so desperate to have I mean just to just to feel anything to feel anything, any type of goodness. Um, I had accepted everything terrible for me. Um, In that season, I had lost my grandma. Um, She was my Granny Jen, and we were super close. I did, and looking back, I see that God allowed me to get out of jail, and he allowed me to be clean for a couple weeks before she passed away, which was amazing, you know, that I got to be there and see her, and I wasn't high. Um, I remember a probation officer telling me, you'll probably never change. And thinking, why am I even trying then? I remember that day I sit at home and my mom was like, turn this preacher on. And I thought, why am I even trying? Like, nobody thinks I'm going to make it. I remember um, even my dad at times, you know, he was in addiction um, with alcoholism. And I remember him at times thinking, like, why are you trying? Like, he was so lost like me. And I felt such a connection to him. Um, So my mom didn't understand that. Anyways... I just remember sitting there that day and my mom being my mom was like, turn preaching on. Don't just sit there in your sorrow and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'll give it a try. What do I have to lose? And I turned it on and it was, he. the message was on you're not alone. And it gave me John 14, 27. It was my peace I leave you, not as the world gives you, do I give you. And I just thought, you've been searching for peace for so long like why not try it and I had that moment too I just cried out I just like spit it all out I gave it everything I had and I literally felt the presence of God in that moment and I hadn't I now I had been high on everything you could imagine up until that point I had never felt a feeling like that in my entire life Mm -hmm. peace literally consumed me and understanding and just this power rose up in me that thought you know what Like, I can, and I am made for more, and this is different, and I am different, and I'm not a statistic, and I'm a redeemer. I'm not always going to be a drug addict. And, like, the Lord, it was like he was in the room with me speaking those things over me. And I'm not going to say I was perfect after that moment. Like, it took some major convincing. It took um, God placing people like Michael into my life that, like, 
spoke life into me and to people in placing me in ministries that spoke life into me. So, but I will say this, I, I have to touch on this because we've all three touched on it and I'm sure Ashley too. It wasn't until I decided to make him Lord of my life until I said, you can have it all. Like I was in marriage, like we, you know, this was just, I don't even know, like five years ago, probably that I was just like, you know what? I'm done. You can have it all. I'm done trying to hold on. I'm done trying to help you balance it. You know, I had been clean for a while, but and I was a mother and married, and all these things looked good from the outside, but my heart was still broken. And it wasn't until that moment, yeah, I had breakthroughs, and I seen the Lord working, but I said, I'm done. You are my Lord, and everything belongs to you. Then that's when the that's when my life changed Mm -hmm. and that's when my path started to change and like I said not to say that I haven't gone through hard seasons but I seeked different and I thought this isn't the end and I wasn't hopeless in those seasons anymore yeah it's good it's good I've had a couple different seasons that I would say were pretty hard um one of them was probably mid-college years for me I was a pretty good kid in school up through high school. I didn't, I wasn't like, I didn't party in high school, which is underage, so that better not have, right? Um, you know, but I, I just, I was a homebody. I liked to be with my brother and my dad, and we just kind of did, hung out, and that was, that's what I liked to do. And um, I went off to college, and, you know, you kind of want to fit in and be popular and do the things that your new friends now are doing. And so I really got into the party scene pretty heavy. Um, Friday through Sunday, I would be drinking somewhere, doing something, um, and try to hold it together Sunday in the back of the church pew to make everybody at church think that everything was still okay. And so um, I had a lot of pretty long-term relationships through high school and early college, and so I didn't really date a lot um, because I was in these long-term relationships. But then when I wasn't, I realized that this dating thing was pretty fun because I had something that a lot of guys wanted, and I could use it as a bargaining chip if I wanted to. And so um, sex became something that I did a lot. I would go to parties with one guy, hang out with another one, and then leave with another one. And that just became what I did. We'd hit back roads and I would drink and I wouldn't be proud of the person that I was on Saturday night and try to be a whole different person on Sunday. And that went on for quite a long time. Um, I was trying to fill this void that I had with something. I didn't even know what I was searching for. But I tried with all of these worldly things to try to put it in this void to try to make it not be void anymore. And I didn't even know what it was or how it was going to work, um, but nothing worked. And so I still just felt empty, you know, like I'm just seeking and I'm not finding what it is. And so exactly, Sarah hit it on the head. I was trying to, I don't like to be alone. Um, and so I always had this fear like that I wasn't going to find the one I was going to marry. That was always a fear that I had. And so I would try to make it happen on my own like I would think okay let me find a preacher's kid okay this kid goes to church sometimes like he doesn't listen to rock and roll music like I would just try to like make him fit the perfect puzzle piece that I'm think that I'm supposed to fit in my life um, because of you know just things that they have going for them that may be good and so I, I just tried all these I just am picturing like all these puzzle pieces and how they're not fitting in the piece and that's missing in my puzzle and how I would try so hard to cut it the right way or force it in the right way and it just wasn't working until finally just like Sarah said I said Lord I'm done like chasing I'm done trying to make things happen on my own Um, I'm tired of being in control and trying to force things and I'm tired of tired of finding trying to find something to fill this void because I can't do it I can't find it I have no idea how to do it but I'm tired and exhausted of trying to figure it out and I remember one of my last times I ever partied I can I can remember it vividly me and my brother 
were and are still very close. And there was one night he texted me, it was like probably midnight or 12.30, and he said, I don't know where you are, but I know what you're doing, and if you're not safe, I want to come get you. And I thought, gosh, what an example am I being for him? And that was like the time where I was like, I'm done. I'm done trying to be this person. I didn't enjoy it. I just surrendered it all to God, and I'm like, I just want you to, I just want to be sold out to you so that you can bring me the person I'm supposed to be with. You can fill the void, whatever that looks like, and... I stopped. The main thing for me was seeking somebody to be with. Like, I didn't want to be alone. And so the minute that I surrendered that, um, it's like tables started to turn in my favor. And eventually that led me to um, my husband now, which I would have never found on my own. Like, there's no way I would have found him. Um, Our paths just wouldn't have crossed in the life that I was living before. And so it was a really hard season of searching and being somebody that the Lord never intended for me to be. But it brought me to where I am today. And so for that, I'm grateful. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, we don't know what season you're in um, as you're listening to this, but one thing I can say is the common denominator in all of our stories is that we finally cried out to God and we surrendered. And so that's what I want to point, we want to point you to today is, you know, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, pour it all out, pour it all out at the feet of Jesus, surrender to him and say, Like, I don't see the purpose in this season. I don't know what you're doing, but I believe that you're doing something. I have faith that you're doing something, and I'm going to hold on to that hope, and I'm going to keep moving forward, and I surrender it all to you. Um, Because one day you are going to look back at this season, and you're going to be able to share with someone else about what God was doing in your life as you went through this hard season. So you probably can't see it right now. I know that when I was sitting on that couch in just rock bottom, like the the most devastated I've ever been, I didn't know what God was doing, but I just worshiped because I knew he was doing something. I know in the middle of Sarah's addiction, she didn't know why she was going through this. When Ashlyn was partying, she didn't know why. When Madison was struggling um, with her body image, she didn't know why she was going through that. We didn't know, but now we can look back and we can say that season had purpose and God was doing something in it that he couldn't have done had I not gone through that season. So we just want to encourage you in that right now. You know, I think of that Ecclesiastes verse that I read, you know, it says that there's a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. And so maybe right now is your season to cry and is your season to grieve and maybe it's death and maybe it's all the bad things. But what I bring, like what that verse brings me comfort in knowing that that season is not going to last forever. Mm -hmm. The crying is not going to last forever. The grieving is not going to last forever. One day you're going to be laughing and you're going to be dancing and you're going to be sharing your story about what God brought you through and, you know, what he did in you during that, that hard part. So we want to challenge you today. Just lean in, lean in and surrender and cry out to God and let him do what he needs to do in this season. So we just want to thank you um, for joining us. And we also just want to encourage you that if you are going through a hard season, we would love to pray for you. So send us a a message, reach out to us. We'll we'll make sure and put our email address and connect our Facebook and and just the ways that you can reach out and let us know what your season is. Because we really, we want to pray for you. We want to join you in that. So subscribe. Subscribe to our channel so that whenever we do release new episodes, you can get them. And we love you all. And we're excited for the next one. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.